Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hi guys. So today I have an extra special guest on the show with me. Her name is Becca Campbell from Little Z Sleep. So if you can tell from the name of her business, she is a sleep consultant and she's the mom of two beautiful little girls who do sleep through the night. And it wasn't always this way. You know, she started off like many of us um, where she was struggling with her babies waking up at night and she ended up discovering that there's such thing as these angels called sleep consultants who were able to transform life for her and for her daughters. And ever since then, she has been transforming the lives of thousands and thousands of parents. Lots of them are my clients too, who have come and told me about the amazing work that Becca has done. So Today, I am diving deep into an interview with her about night wakings and how actually night wakings can be obviously affecting um, sleep, clearly, but also food and how even eating and bottle feeding, nursing, whatever it might be at night can affect intake during the day and how you can start to reverse this. So it's really great information if you are going through this right now, you want to just learn a little bit more about all the different factors and how this can affect eating in general um, and how to eliminate night wakings if that is the stage you're in. So I want to let you know that Becca has some amazing courses. She has a full line of uh, sleep courses that um, I will link all of them in the show notes. Um, so if you are, I mean, really, whatever stage you're in, she's got a newborn sleep course, baby sleep, toddler sleep, e-coaching. She's got preschool. Um, she has even like an early morning wakes course that she just put out. And I'm telling you, her stuff is so trusted, so good. She's trusted by the medical community and she's definitely trusted by me. So if you're in the stage, if you're looking for some help, definitely go ahead, click on the links and just explore some of the offerings she has. And with that, I'm going to to start the interview and I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey Becca, I'm so excited to have you here with me. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, I have um, kind of a low-key obsession <laughs> with you and all the things that you do. Um, your like communication style is so awesome. Like when I listen to you on Instagram stories and stuff, I'm always like hooked. It's, it's, you're just so good online. So um, anyway, and you've helped so many of my clients as well with their sleep problems. So anyway, I just want to say welcome and how are you doing today? Hey, well, I'm like, I'm probably equally obsessed with your boys. I'm like, they're going to marry my girls. Like, <laughs> they're so cute. They're so gentlemanly. Like, I just love them. Um, but no, I'm so grateful to be here. And congratulations on this podcast. I've loved hearing everything that you share. And likewise, I have so many clients that we just kind of like, they go from you to me, me to you. And because everybody, I feel like right now, it's so nice to have help online to be able to have access to like, ah, oh, I'm having this problem. Let me find something. Oh, there's a solution. And building that trust between us. You know, I love, I love pointing to people to my little leader. So love it. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 
I know you really well, but I know some of my listeners might not. Some of them do, because like you said, we have a lot of crossover in some of the people that we serve. Um, but maybe we can start with a bit of an introduction to yourself um, and just let us know who you are and how you got started with becoming a sleep consultant. Yes. Well, this, so we're recording, it's April and I started my business five years ago, um, in April. Um, and I got started because probably just like very, you know, very similar to why you're passionate about my little eater is my kids were just like, my oldest was a terrible sleeper and she just was, um, you know, really it was four months is when I went back to work and I took the longest leave I could take. And I went back to work and I, for one, hated bringing her to a sitter. The sitter was awesome. Like she was like my friend and she had a kid too. And so they played all day, but I just hated leaving my child with somebody else. And then I had to go be with these other children all day because I was an elementary school teacher. And at the same time, I just wasn't sleeping. Um, and so, you know, combining all of these, you know, frustrations with being at school, missing my daughter, but then also being frustrated with her at night because she wasn't sleeping. I sat down in exhaustion one day and just like Googled, how do you get your kid to sleep? Not even through the night. Like I didn't care about that. I was just like sleep in general, period. And I found really, you know, tons of options and tons of solutions, but I got started with a, an online program and I bought their very, very basic thing. And it didn't work for me because I was like just DIYing it, just being like, oh, I know I'll just do this. And I'll just kind of like pick this, 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 and this. And it didn't work. And I was mad, but at the same time, you know, because I had bought their program, I was on their automated emails and I got emails about, do you want to become a sleep consultant? And I was like, yeah, I do. I want to get out of teaching. Well, I'm not even like, my kid's not even sleeping yet, but I'm like, yes, I want to teach other people about this. <laughs> so they reached out after I applied, they're like, you know, you kind of need to like have seen success before you become a sleep consultant. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So I ended up working with a sleep consultant and that was really like, that was the turning point. When I had direction, when I had somebody to like talk to or answer, you know, give questions to, and they could reply back. That's when everything really started to sink. And within three to four days, I mean, she was sleeping 12 hours through the night and that was coming from being up every 90 minutes throughout the night, like sleeping on me, sleeping on my husband, sleeping in our bed, like stuff that I just never wanted to do. And so that really sparked like the, Oh my gosh, this is a thing. Like everybody needs to know about this. So I went to training and then just full on like dove headfirst into this. I didn't go back to teaching. I just was like, we're doing this. And now five years later, my husband and I now do this together. He's not a sleep consultant. He does all the tech stuff behind me, but, um, and we've been able to just build this business, which has been such a blessing to so many families and our family. So I love what I do. I, pinch myself that I get to wake up and do this every day. And that is uh, the little, little backstory little, in a nutshell. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I love that. And it's kind of, yeah, it is kind of similar to me. It's like where you felt the pain, you've lived through it. You've seen how difficult it is. And then you've also seen the transformation happen. And it's like, you have to tell everyone about it. <laughs> how can I keep this to myself? I can't. So let me become a sleep consultant and, <laughs> or a dietitian yes. for me, you know, um, and tell everyone kind of like spread the good news type thing. So yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Um, and that's like, obviously I think one of the most common, common struggles that new parents go through or, or repeat parents really. Um, for me, obviously I don't deal with sleep, but I deal with kids and babies who are starting solids and, and toddlers eating. And what I, you know, when they start with me, it's usually right around that five to six month mark. And that's, you know, when they're usually starting solids or thinking about starting. And although I don't deal with sleep issues specifically, I hear about a lot of the struggles that parents are going through. And a lot of it is about exhausted, you know, 
um, parents who uh, have tons of night wakings that are happening and they don't know really if this is normal or if this will ever end or when it'll ever end and all that stuff. So what I want to talk to you about today specifically is the night wakings. And I guess if you can kind of let us know, especially with like, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of parents who are always talking about, well, my kids wakes up, wakes up hungry in the middle of the night, um, you know, whether to nurse or bottle feed. So can you just talk a little bit about what happens at that age, five, six months? Is it reasonable to expect them to sleep through the night? Is it hunger if they're waking up? Like what's that all about? Yeah. So I kind of would back up to the four month mark because that's when their sleep changes and everybody's like, oh, the four month sleep regression, what's happening? And that's because your baby is going from newborn sporadic, doesn't make sense type of sleep to, okay, they finally have a set rhythm. They already know the difference between day or night. That already happens in the early newborn stage. But now at the four month mark, they get mature sleep cycles. And if you are not maybe on top of that, or if you have an angel baby sleeper who just is going to just be a breeze no matter, like you don't do anything, they just sleep great, then you're just going to kind of soar through that and they're going to be fine. But if you don't maybe sleep train or recognize the fact that things are changing, they need updated expectations. By the time they get to be five months old, you're thinking, okay, that was a phase, right? This is going to be over now. And then you get to six months old, you're like, okay, that was, this is a two month phase. Like what's going on now? That's when a lot of times the pain starts to get even more, recognizable because now it's been two months of just terribleness. And so our programs, we start at four months old because that's when you can start sleep training. But the first thing that you have to do is check with your pediatrician. I mean, we even have a box before you purchase our program that says like, click here to, you know, you've talked to your pediatrician about this because I don't know your medical history or your baby's weight concerns. I've worked with um, eight to 12 month olds who were on G tubes or they had, they medically had to be directed to wake up and have a bottle throughout the night. I even had a toddler I worked with who medically had to get up and eat through a bottle through the night. So, you know, that aside, if you don't have a medical issue, if this is not something your pediatrician has said, yes, you need to wake up and have feeds, they're fine. You know, they can sleep through the night or if they're under six months, like the four to five months, then we allow them to have one nighttime feed. That's perfectly fine. But the biggest thing that I see I talked to a mom about this um, two days ago. She was like, you know, my kid is barely eating one to three ounces. He's a 10 month old. She's like, he's barely eating even one to three ounces throughout the daytime. And she actually has twins. So one of them is bottled and the other is like exclusively nursing. She was like, the twin B is barely having one to three ounces during the day. And the other twin who's nursing is just snacking all day. But guess what's happening? They're having like full course meal all night long. So it's really like the biggest problem I see at this five to six month is they start to get it backwards. They start to have more feedings at night, less during the day. Then they become less interested in eating solids during the day because sleep is literally the foundation of your entire health. If you're not sleeping, you have no appetite. You're going to get things backwards. So it really stems from like right at that four month mark, which direction are you going to go in? Are you going to start to treat them like, okay, this is your new expectation? Or are you just going to be like, oh, let's just hope for the best and see what happens? Because then you're going to be set up for months more of difficult sleeping. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that makes so much sense. I see that. That's, that's the complaint I get a lot is my baby isn't eating. They're not interested in meals, no matter how far apart I schedule, like a solid food meal to um, like a, a bottle feed or a nursing session they just don't have an appetite or they're just kind of playing with it, whatever it is. And then it's the same thing. Yes. A lot of times they're just getting up at night multiple times and they're having these full feeds. And so they're not hungry. Um, and that can happen at any age too. I mean, even, you know, 
eight months old, nine months old, 10 months old, if it's still happening, it's still happening. It's going to affect them the same way. So basically you're saying that by around four months old, you can start this sleep training process and you can start to expect them to sleep through the night, right? Sleeping through the night in with one night feed. So a four to five month old, um, we have like one specific program for a four to five month old where yes, we're aiming for you're down in the crib for 11 to 12 hours. Cause that's what they just need all throughout the nighttime, but they, they could have one nighttime feed, but we're not waking them up. We're waiting for a certain time window when the baby decides to wake up. That's when we can have that feed. And the biggest thing that we're trying to do, no matter the age of the child, you know, whether it is four months all the way up till 12 months. And then after that, you've done an awesome job of teaching my audience how to transition off the bottle, but this four to 12 months range, their biggest problem, if you are feeding to sleep, you may not even be saying they're feeding to sleep, but they're feeding for an idea of sleep. They're feeding for tired. They're not feeding because it's delicious and nutritious. They're feeding because they think, oh, this has to help me go to sleep. I'm tired. Let me just pacify with a few flutter sucks mm-hmm. or let me just down, you know, knock out a quick bottle because that whole thing is going to get me to go to sleep. So they have it reversed. They think that food is for sleep, mm-hmm. not for nourishment. And when you start to change that, you should radically see a difference within the first, I tell nursing moms, you have to see a difference in the first 48 hours on how efficiently your child is nursing. It can happen that fast for a baby because they're quick learners. And then during the day, you're probably going to see them if they are starting solids, you'll probably start to see them want to eat a little bit more because now they don't recognize a bottle or nursing as, oh, that's a means to go to sleep. They say that as like, oh, that's, that's, Yummy. I like that. I want to eat that. And then during the nighttime, if we do have that one nighttime feed for a four to five month old, they're going to have an efficient feed and it's going to be for nourishment. It's not going to be because I just need a quick hit to go back to sleep. They're going to use that because they need it and they want it. And when you teach the baby how to do that and you, and you do it the right way, that's when you start to see the baby just gets rid of the feed on their own. Because they're like, you know what? I'd rather keep sleeping than wake up and be awake and alert in the middle of the night to have a feed. Like sleep's what I want right now. And then they wake up and they have an amazing first feed of the day. And that's a good marker for people. If you do have a baby, um, whether it is four months and all the way up till 12 months, if your little one is waking up, this just to start the morning, let's say that's seven, seven thirty, eight, whatever it is. And they get up and they are not interested in that first feed of the day. You have a problem because they shouldn't be waking up and being like, nah, I'm, I'm fine. I'll wait a couple hours before I eat. Like, no, we wake up and we, we wait a little bit. We get our diaper changed, we get dressed. And then, then we have a feed. And if they're not interested in that first feed, that's a huge problem I see. Cause they're having a giant bottle at like five. They wake up at seven. They're like, yeah, no, I'm good. Right. And then their whole day's off. I hear that all the time from people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Obviously that makes sense too. I mean, the baby wants to be able to sleep, but it's almost like this developed habit of like, get up and I can't sleep. So I'm getting up and this is how I almost get myself back is by feeding. So, um, I've heard you use the word a lot. Um, let me think what it is. Crutches, like sleep crutches or something. Oh yeah. Sleep props, sleep Sleep props. Yeah, that's right. So this is considered a sleep prop. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Feeding to sleep. I mean, you can kind of go through like the litany and not all props are bad. Like I have to sleep with a certain blanket every single night. Personally, that's my prop. Like I have to have that to sleep. If I don't have it, I can't sleep well for your baby. They're going to have other props that they 
they need someone or something else to do it for them, like nursing to sleep or a bottle to sleep or a pacifier to sleep. I'm anti-pacifier after four months. That's a prop your child's going to wake up and, and doesn't have, and they're going to look for it. Other things, other good props would be like sucking on fingers, mm-hmm. um, getting uh, like kind of rocking themselves back and forth. Like you'll see babies like get on their bellies and kind of like rock back and forth. Um, whatever they want to do, you know, that's a prop is really just something that helps you fall asleep. Some are good. Some are not so good. And when I say not so good, you know, if you're a mom listening who has, who's been nursing your baby to sleep, I'm not telling you that's bad. If it's working for you, that's fine. But obviously we're talking about situations where the baby is using food as a prop, as a crutch to go to sleep and their whole feeding regimen is just completely thrown off because they don't think that food is for nourishment. They think it's for sleep. And that's a, that's a problem. Gotcha. Okay. That's a good clarification for me because I always thought sleep props were a bad thing in general, but they're not They're It's just if they can do it independently without having to have somebody else come in and actually do something for them, right? It's, it's using their own kind of tactics that they can do on their own to put themselves to sleep. Right. And another thing would be like, um, darkness. I talked about this last night in our membership group. Somebody was asking, well, isn't, isn't total darkness a sleep prop? Yes, it is. (laughs) You know, yes, it absolutely is. But you're going to have better sleep when it's, when it's fully dark. And so, yeah, it's the same thing. You're going to have better sleep when your child is not depending on, you know, the breast to go to sleep all night long because they just need, and flutter sucking is, I say this constantly, but like, to my clients that if your child is flutter sucking throughout the day, throughout the night, they're not really eating efficiently. You know, I I just want to shed light on the fact that that's not really, they're not doing that for nourishment then. Um, They could be starting off with like an aggressive, really good, fulfilling, you know, nursing. And then it'll transition at the end to that flutter sucking where they're using that to go to sleep. And that's when, okay, that part has to stop. So I'm not saying the whole nursing thing has to stop. In fact, people constantly ask like, oh, am I going to have to stop nursing? Is this going to affect my nursing journey? No, if anything, it's supposed to be better because your baby is going to start to be like, wow, I love this. And they're going to eat more efficiently. They're going to eat more fulfillingly. They're going to want to even nurse more throughout the day. So that part you don't have to worry about. Um, A lot of parents think that their supply will go down because we're cutting it out at nighttime. But Again, nursing, I'm, I'm not a lactation consultant, so I'll always say right. go see an LC. But again, the basics of nursing, supply and demand, the demand is low at night and we're going to reverse that. The demand's not high in the day. So I, I really don't, I, I don't have a single instance that I can remember where a parent came to me and was like, oh, I had to stop nursing my baby because of you. Mm-hmm. I've never, no one's ever told me that. Yeah. Um, if anything, like I said, it's like the reverse, like, wow, they love to eat now. That's what we want. Exactly. So it kind of, yeah, it solves kind of issues on all levels. So, um, so what other tips would you have for my listeners just to kind of eliminate night wakings in general? So obviously the feeding at night, waking up using milk as a sleep prop, but what other tips do you think might be helpful? I would definitely be looking at not just the way I've kind of hinted at this, but not just the way they're eating at night, but like look all throughout the day because yeah, guess what? You're never going to get rid of night wakings if they're not awake and alert on their daytime feeds either. So this is definitely, you know, sleep is so holistic. It's not just one little thing like, oh, well, you know, they do this one part well. So the other part, you know, I don't have to worry about. No, everything goes together. So if your daytime feeds are the same way, they're feeding for sleep, they're not feeding for nourishment 
every part of this has to change. And, and as soon as you hear this, you can start to change it just by keeping your kid awake while they're eating mm-hmm. um, and get creative with that, whether that is poking them, tickling them, talking to them, feeding in a well-lit area. Um, you know, I, I definitely hear people say all the time that they, they nurse um, or they do a bottle with the lights off, with the sound machine on. Well, that's just queuing them up for sleep. So right. just turn the sound machine off, keep the lights on, just small little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have for your listeners, we have a, a free guide for them that's called Four Steps to Solve Your Baby's Night Wakings. And this is really geared towards around that, you know, six month mark. If you're a four to five month old, you can still read this and that's, you'd use this, but it is okay for your baby to have a nighttime feed. So just because we're solving night wakings for a four to five month old, you can still have one feed. So that's okay. But yes, we have a free guide for your listeners. They can download that. I'm sure you've got the, all the links and stuff. Yes. That's exciting. Thank you. We'll put it in the show notes so people will be able to download it directly from there. Yeah. And then as you get started on that, again, it's holistic. So you'll get four days of me virtually coaching you through like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what you should expect because you know, it's hard. I'm sure just like for you, like We don't want to say, here's all the four steps all at one time, because you're going to feel so overwhelmed. But if we can every, every day, just for four days, walk through, okay, you did this yesterday. Let's do this today. Okay. You did this yesterday. Let's do this today. So this guide really will walk you through day to day. You'll get a little um, pre-recorded voice memo from me, just kind of walking you through like, Hey, this is what you're going to do today. And how did that go? And we want you to be able to see the first step. Yeah. is all about making sure that they know food is not something that they need to sleep on. Food is something that we enjoy. And it just makes sense. Right. I mean, like I'm reflecting on like my girls versus your boys. They're a couple of years different, but like my girls don't experience food the way that your boys do, but I will get there, you know, like I'm going to like slowly <laughs> get them there. Um, because you know, they're experimenting right now. Like all right, all right now they're doing is opening up a peck of oatmeal and dumping it in a bowl. Your boys are like making like paella, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's been a lot of years in the making to get them. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> but you know, it's like, you don't just one day start making paella. You start with like, let's open a pack of oatmeal. And you know, it's the same thing for babies. You don't just one day be like, oh, you know what? One day when you turn one or when you turn whatever, we'll just stop feeding for sleep. Like you have to build it up. And it's, you're literally setting up their entire lifetime of how to eat, how to sleep like right now. Yeah. And yeah, you may, that may not click, but like, if you really think about it, you know, your my mom always says your job is to raise an independent member of society. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly what we're doing. Like just trying to raise a kid who or raise a person who knows how to eat, knows how to sleep, right? Basic principles. Um, so yeah, that's, there's, there are steps you can take and there's definitely more things, but I would just, I mean, right now, step one, eat awake. That's all we need to worry about. And then tomorrow we'll work on something else. Oh my gosh. Okay. So helpful. I'm definitely going to link that freebie in the show notes. so Everyone can download it. I know you guys, Becca stuff is amazing. I promise you it is going to be really good. So if you're struggling with this, this is what you need. So make sure you go download this freebie. Um, it's so nice of you to, to be able to share this with us. So Becca, can you let us know how we can get in touch with you and learn more about what you do and your services and all the good stuff? Yeah, it's super easy. Just little Z sleep, all one word on Instagram, um, little Z sleep on Facebook. And then our website is littlezsleep.com. So we provide sleep courses for newborn all the way up till five years old. And these are very much, you know, like your style as well. Like just online courses that, you know, you can start whenever you are ready. Um, I would preface all of this with like, yeah, I take a pretty hard stance on, you know, sleep training and um, consistency. But if you're listening to this and you're like not ready for this, that's okay. You know, I'm here whenever you're ready. So 
don't ever let anybody twist your arm to sleep train. You know, you're ready when you're ready. And then we have tons of resources for you to start getting into. And then of course, um, our podcast, uh, little Z sleep podcast and, uh, on YouTube, little Z sleep. So just anywhere you search, there you go. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so, so much again, Becca. It was so awesome to be able to chat with you and uh, we'll be talking again soon. I'm sure we'll get you on another episode soon. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care.